Eagle Nation. You're listening to Gotta Talk, a podcast dedicated to all things Georgia Southern football. Now, here's your hosts, Matt Monty and Cody Anderson. All right, Cody, let's just jump into it. Um, so, obviously a lot to talk about here. Let's get some things out of the way right off the bat. We're recording this on September 26th, night of September 26th, I guess September 27th for you, Cody. Um but the the day the day that uh, we obviously heard the big news um, that that we'll talk through here that Chad Lunsford has been let go as head coach of Georgia Southern, <clears throat> we have not um, obviously seen the press conference. You know, it has not taken place yet on Monday. With uh, <clears throat> you know, we we haven't seen. If uh, if anything will happen with the video that surfaced, that we'll obviously get into. Um, that that uh, you know, I think without a doubt played a factor in this decision, right? Um, so we'll we'll talk about that. But we have you know the player involved in that video. We don't know any details on that. So just kind of setting setting the table here for like when we're recording this, what we currently know, and and that is that Coach Lunsford relieved of his duties. Uh, quarterbacks coach um, <clears throat> Kevin Whitley uh, will be taking over as the interim uh, for the rest of the season. Uh, we'll obviously talk about that and what that might mean. And uh, and yeah, Cody. I mean, you know, not certainly not the news. I think that we um, you know thought we talk about here. <laughs> uh, we we were prepared to talk oh, about another wow. loss. Um, you know, George Southern moving to one and three uh, in zero and one in conference play with a. Um, with a home loss against uh, Louisiana last Saturday, um, 28 to 20, um, obviously a closer game, um, you know, some, some questionable decisions, some coaching decisions um, in that game, uh, some, uh, some, you know, uh, lack of discipline at times that, that led uh, to points for Louisiana that ultimately made the difference in that game. So we were prepared to talk about all that. Obviously, now with the coaching change that takes the precedent, um, we still might get into some aspects of the Louisiana game to um, you know set the table for um, the Arkansas State game coming up. But uh, frankly, you know most people are tuning in for for one reason uh, right now, and it is yeah. to get our thoughts on uh, on on this news. Um, so let's just get straight into it, Cody. I guess uh, I'll, I'll turn it over to you. Um, you know talk me through we we talked a little bit off the air um uh, of kind of initial reaction but uh just yeah the, the your thoughts on this news no I, I think that what we first have to to go into is that we wish Chad Lunsford and his family the yeah. best um we hate that we saw this happen um we very much liked the the man um he seemed to be a great father husband um uh, and seemed to really love the kids that he coached and they seem to reciprocate that back to him as you can obviously tell from a lot of the posts on social media uh with that being said i was very shocked by it i didn't think binko would have made the decision as quickly as he did um i expected it to maybe at the earliest happened maybe three games from now if we had not won the next three games um so i think obviously the main thing here is I think the bus incident um and i think that just kind of got the ball rolling and from there i mean it, it once when that came out and it got the social media buzz and it started getting shared and, and everybody saw it 
Um, I don't think there was any way to get the cat back in the no, bag. No, that was the it nail in the coffin. I mean, and, and obviously yeah. most people listen to this. You you have seen the video by now. You've at least, you know of the video uh, that we're referencing by now. But just, you know, to, to cover all the bases, um, yes, a video surfaced online. I believe it was posted on, like, TikTok, I think, originally. Um, and it, it seemed to happen right there at, uh, at Greek Row, um, where, you know, we've seen plenty of videos, um, you know, sent out by the school, right? Sent, sent out by the athletics accounts yeah. of, of Lunsford getting off the yellow school buses as they make their rounds away to the stadium, getting sprayed with beer, getting sprayed with champagne, elbow dropping chairs, doing all this, getting the students fired up. Um, this time, a little different. We saw a player um, surfing basically on top of one of the yellow school buses. A uh, student, I assume, uh, threw him a beverage, which seemed like an adult beverage. Uh, you know, I know people were calling out Bud Light, but de- definitely seemed like a beer. He proceeds to catch it, open it up, chug the beer on the moving. Stone Cold yeah, would be yeah, so mo- on the moving school bus, right? On the moving school bus in full uniform. Um, or at least the top, right? Uh, wearing wearing yeah. his jersey um, on you know a, a university owned uh, bus on campus, um, and it, it was moving <laughs> on uh, Chandler Road, right? I think so. It's it's just it was a it was a bad look. Um, you know, it, it happens. You know, obviously we uh, have have made an effort here never to call out players and things like that. Um, especially like for the play on the field and all of this. Um, but uh, let's be honest. I mean, the, the name is out there. It's going to get out there. There's probably going to be disciplinary actions. You can look up the number, match it with the roster. It was Gavin Adcock uh, was the player that was on, on top of the bus. Um, you know, again, we're recording this on Sunday. We don't know if there will be any kind of repercussions or disciplinary actions um, for Adcock for this. Um, I would suspect there probably will be um, what, you know, what that is. We obviously don't know. But and we may not we, know. We, yeah. There may be something behind right. behind closed doors, which which is completely fair and and understandable um, with this sport. But yeah, I mean it's just not acceptable. Um, it, just for the safety reasons alone. I mean, forget throwing a a, a drink, regardless of what it was, beer right. or you know even if it's a sprite, who cares? The fact that he was standing on top of a moving bus, if the bus had to slam on brakes for whatever yeah, reason. Yeah, car stops in front of him. I know they have police even escorts. If going, but, even if it's yeah. going yeah, slow, you never know what could happen. And if he would have fallen off that bus prior to We've the We've all game, been on subways. We've all been on trams at yeah. airports, right? When they start, they're not they're not going 0 to 60 at like 1.8 seconds, right? No. But but everyone gets jostled around. All it takes is just one little tap. I'm not talking about slamming on brakes, but like a, a, a player, a kid crossing the street, uh, you know, the, the, the cop in front of them with the escort has to slam on their brakes for like a chain reaction. And yeah, and you don't know what's going to happen. You know, he could go flying. And it's not, and we don't have professional like bus drivers that are driving these buses. It's a usually coach. a coach yeah. or, or uh, yeah, it's usually like an assistant coach or a grad assistant or, a G, or, or uh, one of like the analysts that they have hired. It's, it's not like somebody who's professionally driving Greyhounds right. all around and we just hire them off to, to, to drive this, the yellow school buses pregame. No, so you don't even really have an experienced driver back there handling the wheel. So the fact that he wasn't seriously hurt or you know possibly could have even have, have been killed in this is, is really, we should really be lucky this is not a lot worse than what it really, really could correct. be. Yeah, correct. And and yeah, it's, it's a bad look. And look, I know people are saying... 
you know, did Lunsford know? Obviously, did he like give him permission and send him up on top of the bus? No, no. Uh, obviously not. Right. But but you would think that at some point he was made aware that that happened, whether it was the video circulating or players talking, whether he was on that bus or he wasn't. I have to think that he probably wasn't on that bus because you would think that you would know if one of your players crawled up, you know, the, the, the exit, you know, shoot in the middle of the bus, I assume is how he got up there. Right. Um, you would think you would notice that. Um, but you know, maybe he was in, in a bus ahead of, you know, I, I obviously wasn't there. Um, you know, so, you know, was he in a bus ahead of it? Was he in a bus trailing it and didn't notice? I don't know. But, 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 yeah, but the thing is, is that ultimately falls on leadership and leadership tops off at the head coach okay that 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 is that is something that you just cannot allow to happen um because i mean it's it's in violation of a lot of stuff people i mean you know like like i'm not like obviously like georgia southern university uh conduct code right but also laws right you can't you can't be standing on top of a bus on a moving vehicle like that yeah one of the best things that i saw on twitter was if i was doing this on the way to work chugging a beer i'd be arrested you'd be arrested but again was, take take the beer out of the equation you get you can get yeah. arrested for riding in the back of a truck back of a truck in some places right i mean and, and like even sitting down not even standing up so like it, it it's yeah it, it 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 crosses a lot of lines and it it does whether you knew it obviously you didn't give permission to it but it ultimately falls on the head man and the head man is the head coach and and you know um, that combined with a one and three record certainly didn't help that the player involved, you know, uh, had a, a costly penalty. Um, you know, his, his first time back, uh, coming off an injury and he has a costly penalty, um, jumping off off sides on a fourth down that, that gave Louisiana new life on, uh, you know, their what first drive or, or, or no, I guess not first drive, second, Se- no, second or third right. drive that, that ended up, uh, leading to, to their, uh, first touchdown and, and, and tie the game. Right. So <clears throat> it's. It's just a bad. It's a bad look all around, and and I think when we when both of us saw it <clears throat> circulating earlier um, this morning, Cody, you know, I, I, did we think that it would lead to this? Maybe not, but I mean, it, it's it, it's certainly, you know, pushed things forward. Um, you know, if, if this if this hadn't yeah. happened, I think Lunsford still has his job. Um, I think he's certainly still on the hot seat, and it's getting hotter. But I mean, this incident doused that 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 seat in gasoline and, and struck a batch to it i mean it did yeah it did it did um and it's unfortunate i mean it, i mean it really is um because for for i think as frustrated as the fans were with the game yesterday there was to me there seemed to be some things that were at least trying to move in the right direction as far as the football mm-hmm. program goes um but that's all kind of just gets pushed off because of everything that happened today i i i with you i saw the video i was floored by it i did not think it would lead to to lunsford's dismissal within a few hours um it kind of makes you wonder what else is going on behind the scenes it also makes me think of maybe the the position that our ad was put in Mm -hmm. which is what if a player on another athletic team let's just say men's basketball or women's volleyball was at a party and they were on tiktok or instagram or some sort of social media of them just 
car surfing at a party, mm-hmm. chugging beers. You know, that player would probably have to be disciplined, right. possibly kicked off the team. Or, you know, it, so it's kind of like, I don't think anybody else or any other coach would get away with this sort of thing if it was their football or if it was their players no, going through No, they this. wouldn't. So, so I can't have the football team have like this greater margin of error that they can just do whatever they want and there's going to be no consequences for it. Um, and again, and so this was, was this was, was almost, on campus at basically yeah. university event, right? I mean, you're 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 an employee yeah. of the school at that point, wearing the blue and white for Georgia Southern. I mean, you are on university property on campus, and that's happening. That's just not no, it it, it can't so, be tolerated. And, I, and so I think he has to show like he's going to treat all the coaches equally and fairly, and it doesn't matter if you're the head football coach or if you're the women's rifle team coach if you have players that are out of line and pushing the boundaries or they even go grossly negligent past the uh, lines or whatever you will be held responsible for it again Um, recording this on sunday so obviously we'll have more details possibly by the time that gets out those details will be released but i would speculate that you know there could be something in a contract right again this 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 obviously violated like easily conduct codes, but laws and all this stuff too, right? Um, there could be something that comes out where we find out about buyouts and things like that, that this was, it really was that nail in the coffin, really was last straw because it, it could have, you know, violated a clause in a contract. That's complete speculation on my point. It has been kind of reported uh, by WTLC. I was reading a story, you know, where they were saying it, obviously has not come out yet of whether it was uh, um, the uh, the firing, if it was um, for cause or right. Um, but yeah. that I think it's, it's, I think that's worth pointing out, right. Um, of yeah, for cause or uh, for cause or without cause um, and in the implications that that could have on buyouts and then things like this yeah well th- that'll come out in the in the next few days yeah so so i mean yeah. that's all this is just tough to talk yeah. about this is i mean it's 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 it was it was sad to kind of watch the updates throughout social media mm-hmm. day i mean you had the video come out you had i mean it was one of the few times in which I've seen former players, current players. I mean, go after. There each was other. such a strict yeah. divide of of what happened, and you know, you it was like, oh, whoa, like this is, you know, once when that started going on, then you kind of realized something. This is major. This is not going to end well, yeah. and. uh I don't know. I'm still kind of shocked by it, to say the least. Yeah, no, so, certainly. I mean, again, we, we expected to come on here, talk about the one and three start and, and what that might mean. And obviously a part of that is, you know, falls on coaching, certainly, and, and what that ultimately could turn into midseason, you know, towards the end of the season or after the season. We didn't expect to be talking about this. Um, but, yeah, that, no. that video definitely, you know, pushed things forward. It, 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 it kind of forced some of these – decisions and, and the conversations that that follow it right and um i mean yeah we'll, we'll obviously know more in, in the coming days but it's uh yeah there's a divide i mean you know again to to echo your uh your thought earlier um 
no one is happy about this in the sense that a man lost his job, right? And and, and a good man. Yeah, no. Um, you know, I, and no one's questioning whether or not Lunsford's a good guy or a nice guy, right? But I mean, as we said before, this is a business. You're you're running a program. You're and he and he said it, right? I mean, he he just said it in the press conference last week that you know he he can control what he can control, and he stays off of social media, and, and doesn't you know the fans have the right to voice their opinions, to voice their concerns, and be upset. Every right in the world to to do that, and he wants to be associated with a program that that cares that much, but he you know chooses to tune it out, and he's going to control what he can control. Well, mm. what we saw on social media today and, and obviously what happened yesterday, that's, that's not really having control over a program. Um, you know, that, that's, that, no. that's the opposite. So that's, that's a big reason for this, right? I mean, practice what you preach and, and, and saying, you know, the slogans of blue collar discipline tough when you haven't, you know, when this program hasn't really shown any of those qualities, especially this year, but, but even, you know, the last couple years and, and, you know, <clears throat> certainly not all together um, in the Louisiana game certainly weren't disciplined. Uh, you know, the, the four penalties we had led to at least 14 directly, at least to 14 of uh, Louisiana's points, right? That was the difference in the game. Um, yeah. The, yeah. The, the, the play we mentioned earlier of the jumping off sides led to their first touchdown, which was I will the say difference this. in the game. I, 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 before we get into this, to me, I'm I'm less critical. Now, of course, this was before the video came out, but even still, I'm I'm still less critical of the jumping off sides for Adcock. I know it's fourth down. I know it gave them the first down to keep on going. But we still held them to another fourth down after that, and we still forced them to kick a field goal. And to me, the more... I think the more the the penalty the leap, I'm, I'm leap, more mad penalty. at was yeah. the leaping one because that's one that you know is taught and like it hardly ever gets called. Teams. You hardly ever see it called you because it doesn't happen. Do, but because because yeah. it doesn't happen, like you don't because do teams that. are taught not to do it. right. So that was to me the more frustrating aspect of it because at least at that point I'm thinking we held them to a field goal. Man, that's a mm. win. That is a that is a win for our defense right there. It's ten seven. Let's get the ball. Let's go down and let's score. And we gave them an extra shot, and they took it. And so that's the thing when you play good teams. And I guess we're kind of going back and forth here, but we'll just jump into Louisiana real quick. We'll get back to the coaching thing. But yeah, there, there's no agenda. Yeah, there, there's no agenda for this podcast. We're just kind of talking. About yeah, you know, there's a, we can't give good teams or great teams really extra chances to score points. Once when you have them held down. You can't give them that extra, that second, that third shot of trying to score because they'll take advantage yeah. of it, and that's what happened there on that drive. Is we gave them three shots to score. Good teams, yeah. Good teams shot. will not, yeah. They'll, they'll, they'll punish, punish you, for, you for giving them multiple chances. Yeah, absolutely. And so, and so, you know, I didn't, I didn't mind. I don't say I didn't mind, but I was more forgiving of the Adcock penalty. Because I was like, it's his first game back. He's probably amped. He wants to get in there and make the big I mean, hit. He, he, he was amped, yeah. Everybody yeah. would be. Um, he says he's a senior. It's his last year's first game. He's in big game Louisiana. He's ready to make right. a statement. I understand that. That's that. I can. I can. That happens. That's part of the game. The leaping aspect of it. That one was the more, and I was. I was furious at because 
that that should not. But that's the thing is everyone's like pointing to like, oh, we're a young team. This these were like seniors making him these mistakes, right? Um, I, I don't know who the leaping penalty was on. So, but you know, it's 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 it, these weren't just all like freshmen, you know, ma- making these costly mistakes. So so don't don't give me like the excuse of like, oh, we're just a young team and like, you know, um, so. Yeah, it it, no, it, no, it, it yeah. goes back to having your team prepared and having them not make those mental errors. And it doesn't matter how many penalties it is. It, all it takes is those co- a couple, like, costly ones. And, you know, the the targeting, the leaping, the jumping off sides, like, all of it just is compounded, right? And they build mm-hmm. on one another. And, again, you play a good team, a well-coached team in Louisiana, they're going to take advantage of that every single time. Yeah, they are. They are, and uh, I think, like I said, uh, that frustrated me. Like I said, I think, to me, we had, like, really four bad mistakes on defense. You have the two deep balls, and then you had the the targeting or the leading with the head or whatever it was that was the ejection one, and then that leaping one. And I really felt like if we would have just played a clean game, I don't know if Louisiana scores more than 10, 14 points the entire football game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I thought offense-wise, I was so baffled because we would have a drive where it looked like we wouldn't know what we were doing, blocking, running, anything. It's consistency. Play calling. It, it, it all comes it back like to consistency. We wouldn't know what we were yeah. doing. And then we would have another drive where it looked like we were – Unto- same on defense we were, though same on defense we, we would make a big yeah, secondary that, play we'd get a big sack we'd stuff him on the run linebacker Tyler Bride, Ty- Tyler like Bride has been I playing mean, out young, of his butt for, for like the last couple games um and and yeah you 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 would see and and Robinson right you, you would see like these big plays on defense and then we get burned you know the the the, 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 the next yeah. time same with offense they look completely lost um no blocking no consistency and then boom you know Gerald green breaks off a run or they like it's 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 just that consistency well, here's the aspect. other thing too that i wanted to talk about and completely brag on Gerald green is Gerald green looked like it was matt breed out did. there last night or or saturday i mean you're talking about what 180-something yards rushing on, like, what, I think it was 10, 15 attempts. I can't remember. I think it was, like, 10 attempts. A big, long 70-something You had the one reporter, what, uh, Andrew Goldstein? Is that right, Goldstein? Is, uh, Probably, yeah, where, so. where, where he he called out, like, he's got to be RB1 moving forward, right? But Oh, I mean, at, at least him and, and Logan Wright are the two main going forward. And, and you can rotate in J.D. King and Jalen White and Amari Jones. But yeah, those two have got to be the, the the two lead backs. I mean, literally, um, Green every time it seems that he gets a chance, he makes a big play. He really does. And the thing I like about Green too is he has vision on the field. Mm-hmm. Like it's not just okay. The play costs me to go straight to the B gap. That's where I'm going to go. He cuts. If he gets the ball and he sees that there's nothing there. He he has the vision to see okay where's which is what Breida did. And yeah. Then it, yeah, and, and 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 boom, he's gone. And it's what Wes Kennedy yeah. did too. I mean, that was why Wes Kennedy was such a, a, a yeah. Force you think you think back to the what what game was it where he he cut to one side and then cut back for the touchdown South yeah, Alabama game. So, you know that and, and Logan Wright to me is just a hard nosed runner, and he's so hard to tackle. And JD that King he, too, yeah. And here's the thing too about Logan Wright, he didn't have the greatest rushing game. Obviously, it's like one of his worst ones that he's had in quite a while. But that didn't let him get down on the other aspects of his of his game. He from what I could tell, I think he blocked pretty good. 
And he was a heck of a receiver last night. I think he led the team in receiving yards. Just because he didn't make the the the, the big yards in running the ball, he played really well elsewhere in his game yeah. last night. So, again, the offense was so baffling to me. At times they looked great. At times they looked completely lost. You had the pitch to Jalen White that was like nowhere close to him. And then we had the pitch that was the late pitch. It looked almost like Kevin Ellison this mm-hmm. to Dexter Carter Jr., I believe. And you're like, wow, that looked really good. And it's like, wh- like you just said, where's the consistency for the offense? I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's it's not there. It hasn't been there all season, and that and that and that's why yeah, that's why fans are so frustrated. Um, say, and again, same with even secondary play. Um, we get burned several times. That's the difference in the game in combination with the with the penalties. Um, but other than that, defense played well. I mean, it, it was literally all or nothing for Louisiana's offense. Um, you know, all all their all their uh, obviously big plays, but like all their scoring drives were on on big plays. They weren't like methodical drives, yeah. right? I mean, they they were either penalties where we gave we we bailed them out, or they they just uh, did a deep strike on us, you know. And and like so, it's just those lapses. It's just putting all that together. And yeah, it's weird. I mean, if if we expected to have kind of a different conversation, I mean, there were some positives in this game. I mean, I, I do think coaching was was the the difference. I think we outplayed Louisiana. Um, I mean, you look at the stats, and, and that shows. Well, you even listen to the um, to, to their fan podcast, and and they were like, "Yeah, we won, but it wasn't great," <laughs> you know. No, they 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 were like, "Just take the win and go," you know, yeah. <laughs> run, run off like a thief in the night. I mean, four hundred and fifty three total yards of offense to three seventy eight yeah. for them, right? Uh, Two hundred seventy eight rushing yards. We had one hundred seventy five passing yards. The stats are there. Um, again, it's just those those mental lapses and and coaching decisions. I mean, the, oh, the bad the, snap um, that they had and and, and he the goes bad snap, like thirty but, yards. But clock clock management oh. too. Clock management before the wow. half, which has been. Let's just be honest. Lunsford was really bad with it. I mean, even dating back to two thousand eighteen, he just has not been good in two minute drill situations. Managing his timeouts, managing the situation on the field with the play calls, like and and what we saw it against Arkansas, right? Um, now now we see it again, back to back games where you know um, you go and then you get the field goal blocked, where we could have gotten in a better position if if the, the clock was managed right. You let like twenty eight seconds run off, like that stuff just can't happen. No. It just can't. No, and it's you know it's you want to see you know as a him to get better at it but it just you never saw the improvement mm-hmm. you know and, and it's frustrating to watch you see games that you think if we had done this right or if we had done this better we could have won yeah. it's hard it's hard as a fan to watch those games because you just you want so badly for the players and the coaches to to do what you feel like or to handle the situation better and it doesn't and you're like well yeah i i tweet i tweeted after the game that this one right we had back to back 30 point uh, 30 uh plus point losses right that never has happened in georgia southern history right we've never had back to back 30 plus point losses um we follow it with an eight point loss this one hurt more yes it was conference game but it, it was how we lost it was it was that we you know we line up against arkansas like they're clearly just a better team i mean like all around just a better team FAU, not so much, right? So, so that one is a bit of a head scratcher. Um, you can 
point to, you know, quarterback, you know, not, not having your QB one and all this kind of stuff. But that, that one's a bit of a, like an anomaly, but with Arkansas, okay. Benefit of the doubt. This one, it hurt because it's like literally again, those mental lapses, the penalties, the clock management, certain play calls in certain situations. That was the difference in the game. And that is all coaching. Yep. No, you're right. So, I mean, that, 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 that and, and that was going to be the podcast. You know, it was going to be not necessarily, you know, calling for Lunsford Head, but like this one more than the other two losses and even the Garner Webb win. This one, like, all fell on coaching, in my opinion. You know, and, and again, we were the, we were the better team. We, 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 we played better. Uh, you know, the, the players were better. Um, and, and coaching. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. Yeah, man. I think the only thing that we haven't talked about that I find really quite unbelievable is that we've gone four games without causing a turnover. Oh yeah. Okay. I I thought, I thought you were going to say, uh, four games without scoring in the third quarter. No, that too. That's 55 to nothing. Which one's one's more more unbelievable? That one or not getting the turnover in four games? Uh, Mm. Both, both. I would say outscored. I would say outscored fifty-five to nothing in the third quarter. Yeah. I mean, the fact that we haven't scored a point in the third quarter is is that crazy. Is, yeah, it's pretty. Um, so we at, we asked our friend Captain Clack, right? Two thousand eight, I think he said mid two thousand eight was the last time that we had three games somewhere midpoint in the season, right? Yep. So that was a that was a Hatcher team, correct? <laughs> where uh, we went, where were you? Where we we were students, right? And we go three consecutive games midway through uh, two thousand eight season um, without having a turnover. Now four games, and it's to start I, the season will, without a turnover. Going back to two thousand eighteen, where we led the nation yeah. in turnovers, right? Or led the nation in turnover margin. So like it's, I mean, you talk about just a one eighty. No, no, it, it's funny. Leads back to Hatcher because I feel like this is like Hatcher 2.0. You play up with your opponent, yeah. you play down to your opponent. You look at the record. The yeah, record. It's yeah. uh, it's so. It's it's eerily yeah. similar, but like, it's. Yeah, I, I I mean. That and 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 not and not just like the third quarter, but um, it's uh, had it here. I think it was like. How bad are we getting outscored in the second half alone? In the second half, it was a, I had it pulled up. Um, it was like eighty something, eighty two to seventeen, eighty two to seventeen, in the second half. So yeah, I mean, obviously third quarter, you're talking about halftime adjustments, right? You're coming out like we we've pointed out all four games. The team has come out flat. That that like and 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 there's been times where like the the final. Um, Really, in outside of FAU, every game, the final drive of the second quarter has been solid, mm-hmm. right? We've moved it. We moved it against Arkansas, could have got a touchdown, solved for the field goal, moved it against uh, uh, here against Louisiana, moved it against uh, Garner Webb, I believe got a touchdown, maybe a field goal, got the field goal against Louisiana, could have got a touchdown, had that momentum, got the ball back in the second half. Well, we had the block field goal in Louisiana, the block, which the block is something we can talk yeah. about. Is yeah. is yeah that situation right there? Personnel. Did, did we leave a timeout too? Didn't we still have one timeout remaining? We do. Okay, we so always we have, have one timeout remaining, yeah. which I don't. They don't get the carry over. 
They're carryover no. minutes. They're like Jeez. they're like the old no no <laughs> <laughs> the old Nokia days, buddy. <laughs> the, the Nokia or what was it? Cellular like uh, something cellular. I forget. I forget what it was. Oh, is that the little flip yeah, phone? Man, we're dating ourselves. Yeah. Oh yeah. gosh. Uh, no, but we had a we had the timeout. I think this was, was watching the game in the stands. I think this is where a part where I think a lot of fans were very like upset and confused and angered was that I forget whatever happened right before that field goal but the play ends there was at least 12 to 15 seconds left on the clock to call a timeout and we let it run down to three seconds I don't get why don't we use our last timeout take one shot to the end zone take maybe a quick shot out to maybe get a better field goal go out of bounds instead of trying for this 50-something-yard field goal that just isn't going to happen. Yeah, 52. 52-yard field goal. We took a timeout with three seconds left. Um, Tomlin had a run of 18 yards, fumbled the ball. It was recovered by yeah, Bo so Johnson. Yeah, call a timeout. You have one timeout remaining. Yeah. Run another play. You had to, you had to call a timeout with at least 12 to 15 seconds left on the play clock. Run another play. Call another timeout. See if you can't get lucky and bust one and score a touchdown. I, I I don't I don't understand it. I don't I don't get that. Is in you know now that the Lunsford era is, has come to an end, that's one of the frustrating parts is is was he getting too caught up in the moment in the game at that point to 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 mm. to make the decision? Um or didn't uh, per, you're talking about yeah, personnel like personnel decisions, decisions or or time management decisions. Yeah. You have a you have a kicker on on the roster that that yes he's a he's a true freshman, but he he performed really well on that first game, and you know Raynard yes he's had his ups and downs you know uh, throughout his career. I'm not saying that you know count him completely out or anything like that, but he has shown historically that one you know he's he's not great beyond 40 we talked about that in the, in the preseason episode right previewing the special teams not great beyond 40 but also he struggles to get that ball up he, he struggles to get loft on the ball and you know he does kind of those more like line drive kicks and they they get blocked when it's like that Especially right on the long so yeah, and, and you've seen several, you know, I don't have like the stat, but, but if you've watched, you've seen several of his kicks the last two years get blocked, and that is why. And you have a, a, a kid on your, your roster that, that, you know, could probably hit that and, you know, at least give him a chance, I, I think is what we're saying. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, even on the extra point, it was low. Get blocked that way. I, mm-hmm. I Like I said, it's frustrating We'll see how Coach Whitley moves forward, how he handles yeah. the situations. That's going to be like the rotation yeah. of backs, the rotation, like who gets their turn. Is it like a seniority thing? Is it just like play the hot hand? Like, which is obviously what it should be, right? Like best player plays. Like it's not it's not rocket science. But like we'll, we'll, we'll see what kind of like nuances that he, he brings. instills, yeah. right, in his, yeah. You know, he was the head coach at Stock, Stockbridge and a couple others. Um, high schools here in Georgia. Yeah, three three high schools turned Stockbridge around. Has he like a, I mean, he's won three. Yeah, all of them. Yeah, th- three fourths of his games. I mean, he's got like eighty two and like twenty something, or you know. So like, I mean, yes, it, it's high school. I get it. I'm and you know, but um, I believe and I I didn't 
fact check this, but I, but I saw someone say that he was the only coach on the staff that has any head coaching experience. Um, I don't know if that's true. I don't know, you know, again, dating back to like high school, if, uh, if any of these guys like Sloan or Roos like coached in high school at some point in their career. Um, but certain, maybe most recently he has like the most recent head coaching experience, but again, high school, not college, not division one, completely different. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it, it, from a mentality standpoint, I mean, you know, Lunsford was a raw, raw guy. He was a player's coach. There's no denying that. Um, the players obviously loved him and respect him or, you know, for that, uh, you know, they, they hated to see him go, um, for that, but you know, you need discipline. You need an authority figure um, in that position. That doesn't mean that you have to be a Nick Saban. That doesn't mean that you have to rule with an iron fist. There can be a happy medium there. But, you know, at some point, college, you know, teams and, and, and players, they need a leader. They need, you know, someone that <clears throat> can step up when times are tough and, you know, lock things down and not not let things kind of uh spin out of control and and not have guys surf on surf on buses right um i mean so that's it's this this has been you know it's, it's not just one thing that led to this i mean it's it's been a snowball effect like it always is um but you know a head coach whether you're a player's coach or or a saban type figure you have to have control of the program. And I think it was becoming increasingly clear that he, that that Lunsford was losing control of this program. No, no, you're right. You're right. Um, And I think the, the naming of coach Whitley as to, as the interim head coach is, I think it speaks volumes. Um, One, he played under Irk Russell. Um, So obviously he knows how the program should be ran and how the players should act on and off the field. He he won national championships there with him. Um, he knows his standard. He knows where it should be at. Um, I think that'll be kind of the biggest I think thing going forward is is how does the team respond? How do they act? And that's that's the that's the biggest yeah. thing. I mean, the timing of this. I mean, you know, a lot of people aren't surprised like if you know a lot of people expected this to happen at some point during the season or after the season it happening four games in obviously the players are upset you know it it changes the course of you know where we were favored well, I guess we're still favored as we record this to to beat Arkansas State be interesting to see how that changes because I mean obviously it's going to have an effect right it's going to have an effect on the mentality of the players coach Whitley is put in an incredibly tough Very position tough. Right, would not want to be in his shoes right now, um, trying to rally a team that's hurting. Right, that 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 lost a guy that they loved and respected and was their mentor. Right, and so yeah, I mean it's 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 super tough for him, um, and and frankly, it it could lead to a lot more losses. It could so be prepared for that. Where you know it. Might that might not have been the case if we didn't make this change so early on? Maybe we beat Arkansas State. Maybe we beat you know South Alabama or or Texas State later on. You know we we get a couple wins. Do we get to bowl eligibility? Maybe maybe not. We 
I, I, I think winning the conference, I know that was just one conference game, but I think most people that like know football and saw how we were progressing, um, that, that probably wasn't going to happen, <laughs> right. That, that we weren't going to contend for the East this year. So like, but all of those things are probably off the table now. I'm not saying they are, but like they probably are, um, you know, so, but you know, it, this could be the right change in the long run. You know, that's, that's how we have to look. Yeah. At it. I mean, I, um, I, and, and Coach I have, Whitley obviously I is going to do the best he can. And, and, and um, trust that he can and will, um, keep, you know, keep chugging along and, and, and win as many games as we can. I'm going to so, be, like I said, we won't really know anything much as far as how this is going to affect until we see the Arkansas State game this weekend. Um, and, and I, t- I mean, let's just throw this out there. What if we win and what if we get on a roll? And let's just say we roll through these next no. eight games. My answer's no. Like seven My answer's one. no. Okay. I, 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 right. I look, I mean, Ask me again, I guess, after at the end, right? Maybe I changed my tune, but but I think most people are gonna say no because that's exactly no, what happened. No, I get it, I right? get it, but it it would speak volumes to me in regards to how into his coaching style and how he was able to kind of sure corral the the mess that we're in now and and and, and at least fix it enough to where we can go out there on the weekends. And, Look, and be we've said before that Lunsford was the perfect fit to get us out of the nightmare that was Tyson Summers, right? It was just a different yes. – he, he was the yes. player's coach. He was the rah-rah. He had the gimmicks. He had the elbow-dropping chairs and all that. Like, we needed that, and it obviously worked. We had the talent. We had the buy-in for, for a little, little while, while to, to flip it around, 10 losses to 10 wins, biggest turnaround ever, right? And then you kind of saw it taper off, and you kind of saw, like, okay, well, this is actually what we are. Um, you know, the 10-win the, the thing isn't sustainable – that was a favorable schedule. And then, you know, you get into to now where it's like, okay, maybe that is wearing off, um, which you see a lot with those types of coaches, with the players' coaches. And then you see more and more where it's like, okay, the lack of experience, you know, having no head coaching experience, having no real legitimate coordinator experience started to shine through, right? With Coach Whitley, I mean, you know, yeah. yes, you have the high school experience, but I mean, I, I mo- most fans are going to be weary of it, and it's not fair to Coach Whitley, right? That's the thing; it's not fair to him because you're you're already placing him, um, you know, between like a rock and a hard place because of what we just experienced with um, with Lunsford, and even dating back to Tyson Summers of let's not. Well, with Lunsford, you know, let's not make that emotional, like, hire of, like, the guy that, when we're hurting, comes in as the interim and writes the ship. Um, but also with, with Summers, let's not make the rash hire to hire a guy that doesn't have Division One head coaching experience, right? No, you're, you're no, no, you're, yeah, you're, you're, you're absolutely right on that. Um but I still want to see him win the rest of these football games. Of course. I, I want um, us to win out. I want us to win out. I want us to have – I mean, that's a good problem to have, right? Like, I, I like, like yeah. I would love to be in that situation. Like, I know fans are going to be weary of it and, and, and wouldn't want us to make that kind of – but but we, we should hope for success for Coach Whitley, just like we did for Coach Lonsford. Um, and, and, you know, yes, I mean, the by all accounts, I mean, yes, we're 0-1 and – 
somehow conference play, we could still win it. I mean, it's highly unlikely, but we could still win it. So, like, um, you know, and, and if that happens, it creates a, a really tough uh, decision for Jared Banco. And but that's we we want him to face that tough decision, right? I mean, we we, we want we don't yeah. want it to be a no brainer that we have to look externally. Um, but more than likely, that's probably what's going to happen. But yeah, I mean, it's it's a unique scenario. Not, I mean, we're we're the yeah. third we're the third uh, program to fire their head coach this early in the season. UConn and USC being the other two, right? So I mean, it's there's there's a long no, road ahead. And- there is, there's, there's a very long road ahead, and um, you know, I think we said that this interim spoke volumes. I think in terms of what our AD wants with this football program, and I think the first thing is for at least there to be some sort of discipline put back into yep. the program. Um, not to say there was none, but you can clearly see it starting spinning out of control as it was. Um, I think I think that begins this week, um, under Coach Whitley. I don't think uh, we'll see. It will some be of interesting the to see that, how that the players respond, before. though, because I mean they're they're obviously going to be emotional. They're obviously hurting. It's a short. It's That's a short true, turnaround. All great teams. All great teams are disciplined teams, yeah. right? So you want players who understand that discipline is necessary now not go like Tyser's and summer's discipline i think that was kind of a big issue was that the pendulum swung, swung so far to the extreme and discipline yeah, him and, yeah. that that it went all the way over maybe to the other side way too far as well under lunsford to where there wasn't enough and it was maybe it worked immediately not, but then it, it tapered yeah, off yeah it, it tapered off so now it's kind of like, all right, we got to get into the understanding that discipline is needed, that great teams are disciplined teams, great teams understand that you have to get past comfortable yeah. to win and to win at a high right. level and to win championships. Um, so it's kind of how do we move forward from here? And this will be, I think, a big question when it comes to who's our next head coach going right. to be. I was, I was just about um, to say that is, this is kind of a proving ground, whether it's it's not just about, yeah. like, Coach Whitley, but it's like, is this the type of coach that's going to get the players to respond, right? And But but the thing is, is True. with that type of coach, it's a longer burn, right? It, 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 it takes longer to implement and to get that buy-in than with a Coach Lonsford. A Coach Lonsford is easy to get behind that, right? The positivity, the the elbow dropping chairs, the crowd surfing, the like doing all of this, like it's easy to, to buy into that as a player. Well, I mean, but Fritz did some of that stuff. He did, but he but, had the balance. But it was, it was behind closed yeah, doors. He had, but, right. But like but it look wasn't at the team so he like, inherited Cody. He inherited I know, I know. Uh, a, a, the, one of the most disciplined teams we've ever had, which was under coach Monk. That's true. So, I mean, you're talking about one of the most disciplined coaches in the world. So like, you've got to, again, you, you're talking about that, that huge variance. So like going from, you know, I mean, heck, yeah, going from Munkin to Fritz was was like going from Summers to to, to Lunsford, you know, because it, it was just like, like, oh, well, this is refreshing. I wouldn't say that because I think the thing with Munkin and Fritz is that you could tell that the players knew that those coaches loved them, yeah. right? Like, you're going to get Coach Harder Munkin. Right. 
but you know that monkey would go to bat for you regardless of whatever the situation. Same with PJ. Is. Same with same yeah. same thing. Same yeah. Same with Fritz. But with Summers, you can clearly tell that nobody felt that way. It there was, was almost, no buy-in I, at a, at any point. There's yeah, no right, buy-in right. at all. Um, and there was little to no respect almost yeah. immediately. So the hang the hangover again, from this is going to be hard. It is it, like for for it, fans, yeah, no, no, for right, players, right. for like because like it was easy to move on from Summers. A lot of people thought we should have moved on Very. a lot earlier than we did, right? But like the, like arguing semantics, but like that like. The, the players, everybody, like, it was easy to just move past that and move on to the next, which Lunsford was refreshing in that sense. This, it hurts. I mean, it, it hurts to have, to lose a guy that's a, a great guy. You know you know what it is? It's it's like that, that girlfriend or that boyfriend that you have that you really love, but you just it's know that it's work. just not going to yeah. work out. You know that that there's nobody did anything it's wrong. It's just not marriage material. It's not know, what you're going to start your family it's just, with. It's, it's just not. You just know. Yeah, they're just, a good person. They're going to. They're, they're, they're going to be happy they're somewhere good. else. They're going to find their happiness somewhere else. But it's not. It's not with yeah. you. It's not yeah. you. And so you now, have we're to rela- make that now we're a relationship. Now we're a relationship podcast. Now we're a relationship. But you have to make the decision of okay. There's no no more mm-hmm. waste of time. Let's just break it off and, and, and move forward. And yeah, it sucks because you're gonna hurt That's the other a good person. Analogy. It really is. Um, and, and 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 you're gonna be hurt by it because you know that you're hurting a good yeah. person. But in eventually you will move on. Eventually you will get over it, and eventually you will see that. It's and the let's best take thing that and for both parties, right? Let's take that. Like Coach Lunsford yeah. is gonna fall on his feet. He he can coach football. Oh, easily. He's a great. He he's a great recruit. man. He's a great recruiter. He's, you know, he, he he's going to be fine. He's going to land on his feet somewhere, whether that's not, you know, whether or not that's a head coaching position, you know, that that's to be determined. But he's going to get on a staff somewhere and, and find his like place and, and be good and, and motivate his players and his players are going to love him there and he's going to be successful. I have no doubt about it. Yeah, no, he, he's 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 going to do great things. Um and we want that. All you all know, fans want that. Where we're like does. with I BVG mean, and with you know others may, like yeah. that. Obviously, wasn't the case. No, I hope he goes right. on and does great things. I hope he goes on and becomes a fantastic head coach somewhere else eventually mm-hmm. down the road. Um, but sometimes, and you know, hard lessons have to be learned even at the place that you love the most. And and unfortunately, you know, he will. Pro- you know, he'll he'll move on and have great things. That you and I don't disagree with at all, um, and we'll always root for him. I mean, I always yeah, will, for sure. no matter what. If he goes to Liberty, or if he goes to Tulane, or if he goes wherever, um, high school or college or wherever it is that he he lands on his feet next, I will cheer for him. Yeah, for sure. So I guess from here, do. Let's let's talk about kind of next steps with coaching. We're not going to get into like names per se. We're not going to like give our wish list. We'll obviously have plenty of time to do that. We're offensive uh, style. Let's talk about more <laughs> offensive style, right? So that's that's obviously where everybody's mind uh. went. Whether you're with the program or outside the program with like another Sun Belt team, everyone's talking about triple option versus not. So let's talk a little bit about that. Um, again, not not going through like our, our top five wish lists of coaches or anything like. We'll have plenty of time to to talk through that um, the the rest of the I season. Think, but I think I'm the odd one in which I don't care. Like like and hear me out. 
I don't care if it's triple option or, or I don't think that's odd at all. I th- I think honestly, most people they they just want they and, they and, want and an efficient, effective offense. If it can move the ball, okay, yeah, put up yards and put up points and win football games. They don't care. I mean, I'm that way. Now, I have an opinion deeper than that, right? But, like, if you tell me tomorrow we can hire, I just said we wouldn't name names, but Brian Bohannon at, at Kennesaw State or, you know, Brent Davis or whoever, come back, <laughs> install the flex bone, pick up right where we left off from, like, uh, uh, almost a decade ago, which we'll get into that, and and uh, and run the true triple option and start putting up, you know, 300, 400 rushing yards a game and, and, and 30, 40 points and then beating teams again and where fans can leave at halftime, not because they're frustrated, but because we're being the snot out of teams. Sign me up. Sign me up. If you can promise that, sign me up. But it's probably not going to happen. Um, but, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't care for running air raid or flex bone or somewhere in between. Give me an efficient offense, a consistent offense that, that you, that has an identity because we've lacked that identity um, this season well, and dating back to, to previous seasons. But coaches that can properly coach it and install it to where when the players go out there, they don't sometimes look like they're just completely lost and that there looks like to be a game plan, and that they know that these are the next steps to succeed. Well, and have a plan and B feel like and C for attacking different defenses, yeah. too, right? It seems like we don't have that. We have, like, this is what we know how to do. We know dive. We know, like, dual dual option pitch, right? We know maybe, like, scramble and throw plays, throw it deep right but we don't we don't have like a true game plan to adjust to what the defense is giving us we need coaches that can look at that make those halftime adjustments make those uh in-game adjustments make those pre-game adjustments leading up to the game that we can we can adapt and that that we can do stuff differently adapt is a good word be able to adapt is is i think the key word there and so Oh, I, I think I think that's that's exactly what we're what we're looking for. Um, to me, I don't care if that's flexbone. I don't care if it's spread four or five receivers every play. It's as you said, put up points, score, and 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 we look competent on that side of the ball. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm ready. Tag me in. So, so, right, so, so, so my thing is, yes, I agree with that. Again, like you, you can promise me success. I don't care what offense you're running. Are you are you wanting to modernize the offense? Is it's, that what you're trying not, to go with this? It's not about modernizing. It's it's about it's about it's about doing something that you can recruit for, that our current personnel can run. Because I do not think that we have the personnel right now to run a flexbone offense. I don't think we have the offensive line to run it. I don't think they're they're fast enough to, to get laterally a chop block. Um, I don't think we have a quarterback to run it. We've struggled with the pitch this year. What makes you think that we can run the flexbone under center, right? And so let's get one thing straight. I mentioned it at the end of last episode. Let's... <laughs> We have not ran the triple option as our base offense since 2013. We have not. Okay? I was at the game. We beat the University of Florida without completing a pass. That was the last time we truly ran the triple option as our base offense. 
as our base playbook. The triple option is a playbook, a set of plays that you can run out of multiple formations where the play isn't predetermined and you have three options when you enter the play. One can be passed, more likely it's not. It's usually a run option where it's be back, you know, your full back, dive up the middle, quarterback keeps it, usually runs out, can keep it on the rollout, or pitch it to the pitch man. That is the triple option. We have not ran that consistently, maybe a couple times, like, I don't even want to say a couple times a game, a couple times a season, <laughs> handful of times a season. We ran it some under Fritz out of pistol, um, first time under Roos, right? Then with the best, certainly not under Summers, with the best, now with uh, Roos, you know, 2.0, it's, we run dual option, we run zone reads, we run just design runs with the quarterback or, or with like inside and off tackle runs with running backs. We haven't ran the triple option. You can run it out of multiple formations. We just haven't. So let's stop all of this talk that we're a triple option team. We haven't been since 2013. Okay. We have been a run heavy team with option based principles. And I and I say that last part loosely, right? Just a run-based team that 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 pitches the ball occasionally. I mean, that's what we've been. So let's cut the crap about like, do we go back to the option? Because it would it would be going back to the option. It's not it's not what we're currently doing. So are we? What we're asking is, do we go back to the flex bone, right? Do we go back to <clears throat> what Georgia Southern was under Munkin and? You know, in, in the successful days of FCS, running under center, Paul Johnson days, get one of his disciples, get a Brian Bohannon, go and run that. Again, like I said a couple minutes ago, I don't think we have the personnel to do that immediately, so I think there would be some growing pains there. I I would be surprised if we go to I that. would too, but I think there's a happy medium, and people don't seem to see that. But I think there's a happy medium in between a flex bone option under center and like a Mike Leach air raid, right? I'm not saying that we go back to whatever the heck BBG did or the bubble screen stuff that that uh, Hatcher did, right? Uh, hashtag 3.0, right? Uh, th- there is a happy medium. Yes, you know I, I, the the obvious option you know, no pun intended, is to look at what Coastal is doing. And I'm not saying we, like, completely replicate their offense, but they have a balanced attack, running passing, run heavy still, run leaning, I guess I should say, right? Um, But they've got a quarterback in Grayson McCall that can run that. And we do too, right? I mean, Justin Tomlin probably could. We know Cam Ransom can with time. He's young. You know, we, we, we have wide receivers. Yes, we need to get more. I think we have the tight ends. We could get better on the offensive line. But, like, we're well-equipped. It's not going to be a 180 change to, like, bring in a different system that doesn't have option attached to it, right? We can bring in – I mean, it could be RPO, but <clears throat> we can there, – there's, there's a happy medium there that we can adapt again to. Right, that that wouldn't be this glaring 180 change 
that you see in a Georgia Tech that went from a Paul Johnson flexbone attack to what Jeff Collins is running, which is a complete, complete 180, right? And it took three years for them to get competitive, right? And they're just getting there. <clears throat> I don't think it's going to be that kind of learning curve. I get that our fans are impatient. They're not going to give three years to anybody, but I don't think we're in a situation where we have to do it. We have the personnel. Yeah. No, we're, we're not. We're not. No, no, you're right. We have the personnel to where we just need somebody who understands um, competent <laughs> offensive planning and, 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 and attack and, and can can put it together. I think as you, I think what we're trying to get here is that the pieces are there. We just need somebody to put them together correctly. Um, improve a little bit here, and how would I mean? I know that the receivers have dropped a lot of passes this year. I contribute that probably a lot to maybe spring and winter and and working out there and and focusing more on on securing and bettering your hands in the off season. Um, because I think the talent's there at receiver. I know that that a lot of people are really upset with that position group. I think that talent's there. So again, I, just, I I think that I'm with you. The pieces are there for it to be successful, but as long as you don't go crazy in one direction or crazy in the other, we should be able to whoever comes in, as long as they know what they're doing, should be able to pick up and take it, and we should be competitive right away. Yeah, and and the thing to point out there too is that in you know I think the best the best example is 2013, like I said, to 2014. What do we do? We went from Munkin, right? Proven head coach. Like, he, obviously, he came to us without head coaching experience, but proved that he could do it, right? Proven head coach. Flex bone under center option. Moves to pistol under Doug Roos and Willie Fritz. Willie Fritz is a defensive coach that, impl- that brought in Roos and implemented a you know pistol style option offense because it fit the personnel right he was a good coach a good head coach because i mean you look at what they're running at tulane now it looks very different than what he ran here and what he ran and what it was he was trying to get us to get to that but he knew that he needed to bring that's the the markings of a great head coach yeah because you you adapt again to your personnel so he came in saying look We've got we've still got FCS players that were brought in to run an under center triple option offense. So we're gonna do a run heavy, dual option, zone read, offense out of the pistol with these athletes that we have, these super fast players that might be undersized, and and we're gonna and we're gonna be successful with it. And he was. So <clears throat> that was a that was a huge leap. In my opinion, and it was made successful because we had a competent head coach ushering us into that transition. If we can find that again, I think it will be even easier this time because we're already doing some of this, right? It's not as big of a leap. So, like, I, yeah, I, I think it would be a bigger leap to go back to under center flexible. No, I think, I mean, you're right. Um, and you would need some, you know, and, and for it to be successful, you would need somebody Munkin esque. And I don't think there's anybody like Munkin that can run that style of offense now. Um, I don't know. I, I, 
this aspect of it, looking at what we want in an in, in offensive scheme and I guess in a head coach, to me this is the most difficult thing to talk about in this entire podcast because it's the the floor is kind of open and you're like, here's who do we look at? Where do we go from here? And all I can say is I'm glad I'm not the AD because he will be judged upon how well he is at his job based on this and one decision. You get one decision, right? You get kind of one and crack, one one crack at it, and and it's yeah. it's not necessarily fair, but that's the job, right? So it's yeah. I mean, I I, I certainly don't uh, envy Jared Banco, and but I but I do trust that he's the right man for the job, right? And, and yeah. I mean, you know, we've talked about TK in the past and, you know, you know, woulda, coulda, shoulda, right? And I, I don't think that's going to be the case here. Like, I, I think, you know, we're going to have a national search. We're going to be diligent in that search. And I think we're going to talk to a lot of we people. We're not like, going to stay within gonna, the same yeah. rotating door no. of things, right? Which is like what TK was. It was, it was almost like he was like, take like not taking the easy way out but just like whatever the the selection committee or whatever the fans or like big donors and stuff like go get this guy go get and okay like like that's who we'll interview there's our list right i mean this will be there will be people from like everywhere and i think they'll be quali- they'll all be highly qualified for the job whether that's mm-hmm. fcs yeah. head coaches whether it's experienced coordinators at the p5 level I think every coach that will be considered under Jared Banco will be qualified for the job. They might not have ties to the program, and that's fine. That's fine. Like, I, I think it's time that we look past, again, just give us an offense, give us a good defense <clears throat> that works, that wins games, right? It doesn't have to be, like, this guy that coached here eight years ago or this guy that's from X coaching tree or that has ties yeah. to South Georgia. Like we are an FBS program now. We don't have to just look through this like narrow scope of coaches. Like I get it. Yes. We have budget restraints. Okay. We're middle of the pack right now for coaching salaries. Coach Lonsford's hovering right around seven hundred thousand dollars, right? <clears throat> but that you know, you had Chadwell at Coastal that was lowest paid coach in FBS before last year, um, you know, or before this year, I guess, right? Um, and last year's results, you have um, mm-hmm. you know he uh, right on par uh, with App State, you know, like a fifty thousand difference. Um, you've got your you know Billy Napier your um, Chadwell now that are a million plus, right? So, I mean, some will argue. Well, I think Napier is like close to two. Oh, is he two? Is he that high? Yeah, I think. He, yeah, I think he's that I high. Yeah, I thought he was he's like one point two. But no, no, no. He, I think he got extended um, right before the season, and they, 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 he got a, he got a pretty lofty okay. increase. So, I mean, like, yes, it's going to be hard. You know, donate if you can donate, right? I mean, that, that now, now is the time. The you know the continuity fund and all all this kind of stuff go you know go donate um, but I think that to me I think again Jared Benko is the guy like you you see uh, our our revenue has increased a lot 
um, in in the last year since he's been there. I think he will be bold with He'll this be choice. Bold, yeah. Remember, he came from he came from Mississippi State. They made a very bold choice with Mike Leach. Now, I'm not saying we're bringing somebody like him over here, but I think this is going to be a when it's all said and done. I think hopefully most of the fan base will probably be really happy with who we select. And I I think when we have to do that episode, I think we're going to be like, he knocked it out of the park. I mean, everything else he's done so far, he so. has. Yeah, basketball coach. Um, and nothing, yeah. nothing, yeah, nothing has so far has has shown that uh, he will he will mess this up. I mean, he I, we both like the hire for men's basketball coach. Um, I like the hire for the uh, softball coach that we had to hire. Um, the girls soccer coach as well. Um, he has turned that program around. They're actually doing really really well. And so, again, gave an extension to men's gonna, golf. It's gonna, it's Didn't gonna he give be an extension yeah, to men's golf. It, I think. Yeah, probably. He I mean, he should. Um, it's gonna be a long wait, obviously, because I don't think anything will be made. And it's gonna be a name you don't know till after. You know, I mean, it, more than yeah. likely, it will be a name that you won't know. So, like, if you're expecting Adele McGee, if you're expecting a Brent Davis or a Brent Pry or, um, well. I mean, I wouldn't say that a, a name that we don't know. Um, some but here in the last couple of years, they've brought in well, a that's lot true. of that's true. big like, names. But Butch Jones, when, when, the, when I say, when I say don't know, I mean like the revolving door of names that you hear every coaching cycle, okay. right? So like the yeah the the Brent Prize and Del McGee's and like this sort of thing, the Ivan Jaspers, right? Like it, I don't don't expect. I'm not saying it can't happen. But like you know, it's it's probably not likely. So like expect, yeah. That now is that means it's going to be a Tyson Summers where it's like a left field. Like who is that? No, I think I think it could be like a you know. Um, Trying to think of a good example, I don't want to say like Terry Bowden, <laughs> but like like no. like you know like like it it I I think it could be a splash higher. It could be a, a big. Um, you know, either former head coach or, or uh, you know, big time uh, coordinator. It could be FCS route and, and the successful one there. Um, you know, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I've, we've already heard the, the names of the offense coordinator from Arkansas. Um, I, I think Art Bryles. He's yeah. an interesting one. Yeah, I, because people have already started mentioning him. Um, I know we said we wouldn't na- name names and now we're naming names. Well, yeah. we're not really naming names as far as who we would like to see, but. There's a party who we've talked about right now have been in the conversations on the internets. Um, I'm just I, not sold on the Del McGee. Del McGee. I just I, I just don't think that's the. I, that's that's fine. Um, it's an interesting one. The position it's a, coach. It's another Georgia. position coach, right? That's that doesn't have the coordinator experience. That doesn't have the head coaching experience. So it's like Chad for 2.0. Not at the college. Not at the level. college level. Does have not yeah. The, uh, Columbus Carver. He was the Columbus high school Carver. head coach. Yep. Very successful there, turned them around, made them into a powerhouse. So for what it's worth, you've got that. He's making like eight hundred grand. He's making more than what Lunsford is making right now. Yeah. So we'd really have to pony up and, and hope that he would take, you know, just the opportunity and not that big of uh, much of a pay bump to be able to come here, which, you know, that's to be seen. Um, but I don't know. I feel like for that given that I think we could go another direction. 
So like I I I'd, like I'd rather pay that amount of money and get a P5 coordinator or get or even pay less and get an experienced FCS head coach um for that same price tag. Um I think the ship has no, sailed on I think that the ship points. has sailed on Del McGee. I'm I'm not I'm not it's not me saying no. that I don't think he's a good coach. It's not me saying that I don't think he could be a good head coach. I just think that going back to my point Let's stop the retreads. I think that ship has sailed. Move on. I think. I mean, you're. I mean, I think that's a fair point. It's. It's a fair. It's a fair train of thought. Um. Man, this these next three to four months is gonna be because I. When do you think a, a coach would be named? Right, it gotta be pretty soon after the App State game. Yeah, he uh, Benko Benko right. will have him lined up if he if he's doing the, it this early. Um, you know, obviously you have like teams that like you have. You know, he'd have to massage and figure out like who he can talk to, who he's allowed to talk to. Is it before bowl games? Is it after bowl games? When are those bowl games? Like yeah. all that kind of stuff. You'd hope that it's a coach that's involved with a team that's either in the FCS playoffs or involved in a bowl game, right? Um, you know, so yeah. you're, I mean, you you could be looking at like mid to late December or even January. Um, so I, I don't know. So it's going to affect recruiting. It would. In some it's way. it's going to, and and that and that's why people question the timing of of doing this. Why not let him just ride it out? Well, see, that's the thing is that the way that college football is now, where their early recruiting period. To me, there's never a good time to fire the coach. Whether you do it early midseason or right after the season's over with. I guess you could argue it's, it's better it's, to do it like this than like fire him right before the, yeah. the fall period, right? Or, yeah. right? So, if like, because cause that happens right around bowl season. Right, right after like championship True. weekend mm-hmm. is like that's that's the first signing day and that's the that's the main signing day now. That that's what used yep. to be the spring signing day. So like that, I mean, if you fire a coach following not making a bowl, um, you know, following the final game of your season, like obviously you're going to lose a lot of recruits like that. Doing it this way, and you're not going to have time to really no do doing it this way. You're relying on your current staff, um, aside from your head coach, to and you know your interim and stuff to make those decisions and bring in guys <laughs> that are going to play under you know to be determined um and yeah. that's that's difficult <laughs> so i i don't know what's the better one but i mean i i would think i guess maybe this situation is better um because at least maybe they could like give some intel of like what's happening i feel like knee-jerk reactions are like common where like you know you you got kids that are leaning you know they're on the fence between two programs okay the coaches got fired that i was like you know, all in on, and he's gone. So no, I'm going with Plan well, B. Here's the interesting thing too: is that with the transfer portal, you know, you may have a little bit more leeway. We probably will pick up. We probably will recruit out of the transfer portal a lot this year, or yeah, this fall and winter and spring. Than probably what we have done in years past, and probably what the new head coach and his administration will want to do years after. Um, simply for, I think, this fact of that wherever, whenever they're hired, whether they're able to take the job immediately or if they're going to wait till after a bowl game or whatever, um, then it's going to affect 
the high school recruit. So I think there's going to be more opportunity there to just go ahead, get transfers out of the portal, bring in these guys, make do for what you can the first year, and then really hit the recruiting trail and really bring in a great class going in after your first season into year two. Um, <clears throat> yeah. I think that's how I think that's how that's gotta gotta be. I think you really gotta hit the transfer portal year one and then back it up with a great class in year right. two. Um just kinda how the way things yeah. are. Um and that's so we'll see. I, th- I think th- this is gonna be this is that is the yeah. thing to our advantage now. Yeah, where where, yeah. where you have like the 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 new recruiting cycle puts you behind the eight ball. This with the recruit, uh, yeah, you're gonna have to do like the Jacksonville State like John Grass <laughs> method, um, where and you know maybe he's a candidate. Um, where maybe yeah, he's a, where yeah. Um, you you bring a guy in that like relies heavily. He did beat Florida State. Yeah, yeah he did. And yeah, so you bring a guy in that relies on that transfer portal. Um, and you're right. I mean, and because that used to not be the case, right? You didn't have the rules where you could just bring guys in um, like that immediately. And, and yeah, so so that helps kind of fill that gap, fill that initial void. And then you start getting, yeah. you know, to um, to fill that disparity. And then you can start bringing in your own guys, you know. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. It's. It'll yeah, it'll be interesting. Um man. I I it's weird. We started this podcast with Lunsford coming in his first season. Yeah. And and to to now have to do this podcast with him gone. It's um And now we're ending it. No, I'm just kidding. This is no, no that's it, last one. <laughs> um no, I think it's 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 kinda it's kinda it's tough. It's. I'm. I'm just. I wish I had a crystal ball to see where where all this leads to instead of waiting, till December. Before and, we yeah, find that's out the who our that's the toughest is. thing about it is now it's just that waiting game. But honestly, like a lot a lot of fans felt that that was the case regardless, right? So I mean, you it's it's basically like you just you got them there. You you ultimately see the crystal ball. You see what's well, going to happen. And I think the thing that I'm. I think I'm just not like dreading is the the internet rumors. Oh no, whose plans coming here? What private plans right. coming in Statesboro? Who is our AD now following on tw- tw- on Twitter? Who is now following on him? You know, it's it's these kind of like guessing games. And now these. So you're saying like we're gonna, gonna have, have to deal? Door. Yeah, we're gonna have to deal with that for like eight eight we're eight deal or with nine this. weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah at yeah. least. I mean, I don't know if you'll get that much this soon. You know, because again, I, I don't, I don't, un, unless, unless we're like targeting someone that's like currently out of a job, um, you know, but you're, I, I don't think you're going to start seeing like people fly in like week five, right? Um, and, and, and things like that. But maybe the follows, maybe like the more subtle things, but I don't mm-hmm. know. I mean, yeah, I mean, you're right. The rumor mill is, is going to start regardless of like if things are happening behind the scenes or not. Um, right. Yeah. Like there's going to be, the media articles of like here's the top candidates you know you're gonna have it from the national media where it's like more informed you're gonna have it from like local media where it's like the same retreads that we always hear um which that was that was really interesting is that the who broke it was not a no, local media never, source it, i thought that it was hasn't interesting been. it hasn't been it wasn't with summers either 
It wasn't. It's never a local person. I couldn't remember what the song I, was. I can't. I can't name who it. I, I almost think it was Pete Thamel, the, the same guy from Yahoo Sports. The same I guy? think, but I could be wrong. I, I, I'm pretty sure it was not a local person because I remember the same thing that it happened on a Sunday. It happened on a Sunday after we went 0-6, and the I remember the same kind of discourse from, like, it started gaining traction. Everyone already started talking about it. And then, you know, your big Franks and um, Josh Aubrey's and all that were uh, putting out tweets being like, it's not confirmed. We're waiting on confirmation. And then there's confirmation. So, yeah. Well, I was, I, mean, what, I was looking forward to else? seeing Josh Aubrey was... ask Lunsford about the bus. Oh, I was too. I was too. He already made it a point on, on yeah. Twitter that he was going so to. I, I'm, I'm, um, yeah. A little disappointing we don't get to see that. But, I mean, obviously, like... He will probably still it will, ask Oh, about it's going to be asked about, about, obviously, like, by, by probably more than just him now, right? I mean, because, like, it's clear, yeah. again, that that was a large factor in this decision. Like, we can't confirm that at the recording of this podcast, but, like, it played a factor. Whether or not it was the final straw... It had to. It had to. So, like, you know, how much of a factor, we can't say right now, but it played a factor, period. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It'd be interesting again, Cody, to see how that plays out in, in the contract and then what we end up owing Lunsford. Um, and then if, or what we don't end up blowing Owen Lunsford, um, because of that, uh, maybe that was a decision for how quickly this kind of transgressed. And, you know, maybe that obviously will help us in the, the search where we have, you know, some more capital right to spend so yep. um yeah mm-hmm. uh, um obviously plenty more to talk about we could keep going um i know we would we're, we're way into this and we haven't even i mean do we even preview arkansas state because i feel like it's a different game now it's a different a, game now yeah um, i, I think is. i think it was a game that that we i mean obviously we were favored i think we could have won i think we still can but i think it changes i think you know in a game where we probably would have won by, I'd say six to ten points. I'll be honest with you, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. Even if we don't go through, I'll tell you why. They they lost a close one to Memphis. Memphis is pretty good, right? I think we can agree with that. They lost a close one to Tulsa. Even though Tulsa's what was zero and three, they had played Ohio State the previous week pretty close yep. as well. Um, Arkansas State has the talent. It's there. Uh, I don't know. I I think uh, I, I did not see this game as being a, a very optimistic style game. We've never really played Arkansas State to me well for whatever reason. Um, we just haven't, and I actually kind of feared this game because I felt like a lot of the fan base would expect a win here, and then we get disappointed and we lose to this game. Um. They have two good quarterbacks. They just don't know which two good quarterbacks is going to play well. That's kind of been their mantra right. to the season. Um, they've got talented receivers. Defense is suspect, but I think they're getting better at that. It's – I don't know. This is <clears throat> – prior to the firing, this was going to be a tough game to win. Now with the firing, this is going to be an extremely hard game to win. Yeah, I – 
and I don't know if I don't know if the player and the team are going to be focused enough to, I, to, to I push through. I don't think they will be. I mean, it, it, you can argue that they weren't even that focused in the last couple games, right? So I mean, like, yeah, it, it your your attention is going to be elsewhere, and so so in a game that like I I think I probably have more confidence it seems than than you did with this one, but like, yeah, where where in these next three, um, where with. Uh, Arkansas State, Troy, and South Alabama. Three winnable games. And I saw, like, on social media, and I agree, I agree with it, that let's say the bus incident didn't happen. I think Lunsford still has his job, and I think these next three games are the ultimate decider in that, oh, for right? for sure. No, <clears throat> like, no he doubt probably about needs it. to go 2-1, yeah. and one, if not 3-0, and oh, at the, at at the, the, at the minimum, 2-1 and one in those next three, where I think he would have beat Arkansas State. I think we could have beat Troy at Troy in South Alabama. Thursday night would have been toss-up. But, you know, it – yeah, I, I think we had a good chance of going 2-1 in those games after what we saw against Louisiana. If we clean some stuff up, um, now completely different ball game, You know, and, again, you kind of got to look at just, like, the big picture here. You know, so, like, if we end up losing Arc, or, you know, Arc State – by 20 then like it you just kind of chalk it up right i mean so Mm -hmm. i mean don't be surprised if that happens same with troy same with south alabama then maybe by georgia state we start like seeing you know some changes similar to what we saw in 2017 right when lunsford took over his interim um it's gonna take a couple games to start seeing any kind of impact or or change right good, good or, bad. or bad yeah so yep. oh. this is gonna tough be a long game season, yeah yeah it was a t- tough tough yeah, uh, tough tough day tough uh week it's uh you know this isn't what we wanted people i mean you know like no yeah. no i mean i think if you go back and listen to our preseason shows we were pretty upbeat about this team, regardless of all the negative attention that we were getting preseason-wise, because we thought that the pieces were there. Um, obviously, they weren't. Um, and I don't even know what to say that the pieces weren't there, but something... We got into this last episode, but something just did, wasn't happening in this offseason. Something mm-hmm. didn't click uh, for whatever reason. Um, I think, you know, any reset's a difficult reset, but... I think uh, what we said earlier and what we will probably say throughout the rest of this season on, on our podcast is that the AD is, is has done well in previous coach searches and has done well with previous hires. And there's no reason to doubt him with this one, even though this is his most important one. Uh, no offense to men's basketball or softball or, or women's right. golf. Um where football school, football or plays soccer, pays the bills. Like it, it yeah. This will be the one with the most press and publicity, and this will be the one that he will judge be for most judged for, most uh, criticized or yeah. praised for. Um. So he's done a great job with fundraising. That was another main reason we wanted. He's a financial he, guy. He was hired for this yeah. job. Um. He's done well with that. Which we're uh, we're in a better we're in a better position there. Like I know everyone's saying spot. like and, and the, all this like shoestring budget stuff, but like we're we're in a better position than we ever have been. 
and he'll see this higher through that lens as well. So I don't I think he understands that sometimes an investment needs yeah. to be made in order to grow and to and to make something even yeah. more prosperous. We'll see if that's the approach he takes with this. He's um, going to so, see the ROI. You know, he's gonna going to see the ROI, and he's yeah. going to know the investment it's going to take to get where we need to be, right? Obviously, there's a bar. There's and a he cap. Has plans. He, right. You know, he we we need the the indoor practice facility. The sketches have already been done. They they know where they want to put it. It's it's kind of all there. It's all laid out. You know. I think he's looking for his coach that will take us to great heights. And even if it's a coach that's is a stepping stone, I don't think he matters or, or that will be that big of a deal. Um, we we need that. I mean, again, we're, we're, we're yeah, yeah, no, no, we're, no, we're, you're right. We do, we do. We're the type of program that like, like it or not, we want to be that stepping stone. We want, we want because if you have a because that means you're because doing it means good. You're doing good. If if you if you're being that leapfrog, no, we're never going to compete with Alabamas and Clemsons and all this of, of salary or even like Iowa States or or Wake Forests or you know Boston College or whatever, right? So like, we like we have if we could get up close to a million dollars with the fundraising efforts with some of these things Banco's doing, thinking outside the box, doing different stuff that than than TK and previous ads did, continue to grow the budget that way. And, and pay competitive for group of five, hovering around a million dollars. I think we can get a really good coach for a couple years, keep the program going, get us back to a place where people want to come and coach here because of that, right? That winning history, because that is our best tradition. It's not the triple option. It's not even yellow school buses. and our, It's winning. Winning is our best tradition, period, right? And we got to get back to that. And once once yep. you get the good coach in and make that hire, even if they're only here for three years, it can lead to another good coach, and another good three four years, and so on and so forth. And winning will follow, and that will correct everything. It will hush everything. Yeah, it'll it'll heal heal all yep. wounds. Yep, and and that and that's that's what it is. So, looking forward to that day, Cody. Um, and we will be there every step of the way to talk through how we get there um so with that obviously much more to talk about in uh in future episodes um and uh until then let's see how this plays out and as always hail southern hail southern thank you for listening to gotta talk be sure to visit our website, gotatalk.com. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Gatatalk Podcast for more news and coverage of Georgia Southern football. Reach out with questions, share your thoughts, or suggest topics on our social media channels or by emailing us at gatatalkpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, Eagle Nation, Gata and Hail Southern. Southern.